0: I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together we are one serving you.
1: that finishes your work day in a very red raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 973, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
0: Hey, it's Tech Talk, Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Horman. Uh it is time now for some headlines, time for the juice. Uh we'll start off with the win there in Austin. Texas Tech winning 78 to 67 pop Isaacs led all scores with 21 15 for Joe Toussaint 15 for Warren Washington and Washington was five of five from the floor also got to the line for eight attempts made five of those um, but even though you know some of the size things showed up against Texas that we talked about heading into the game that we were concerned about like you know the, the rebounds didn't quite go your way you beat them in everything else and I think you showed why you can have some swings and some punches thrown in this league and hopefully be a tournament team. But uh, how about that for Grant McCaslin's first big 12 uh, game coached on the road against a, a, a rival probably in a place you won't be for at in a, in, in a very, very long time, or at least in the foreseeable future. Uh, and, uh, you take him down.
2: Yeah. Well, that was, that was awesome. Um, so so much to like about that. It was a blast to watch, and uh, you know it 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 uh, it does allow our uh, our minds to wander about the possibilities of this season. And uh, you know, I know I know that those guys are talking about one game at a time and the tests that are in front of them. And it's probably there may be some disappointments coming. Hopefully not this week in these two home games, but. You know, there may be some games that we feel like we should win that we don't later on. But man, that's a, a a nice get on the road to start Big Twelve play. Well, in that
0: part, like that, that's the way just the the league is, where inevitably it doesn't matter unless you go undefeated. You're going to walk away and go, boy. You know, there there was a game or two that we felt like uh, we shouldn't have lost, um, and then you're going to punch up a couple of times too. And and I think even more so when you're sitting in that middle portion of the Big 12, like how I think the Big 12 is set up this year. And I think that there's more in that kind of middle section um, more than ever because you have more teams in the league right now. Um, And so as long as you can just kind of minimize some of those things, um, I mean, you've got a great chance to do some really nice things in year one for Grant McCaslin. Um, You know, the, the, the game you're mentioning up next is at home tomorrow against Oklahoma State um you know predicted to be a a bottom end of the league type of team entering conference play I know they took Baylor to an overtime but I, I think that was more of Baylor playing down to them and I also think Stillwater's an eerie place to play and this one's at the USA <laughs> like I, I I do think that that makes a difference um yep. but I like the, the sound
2: of that great yep.
0: great foot first foot forward for the Red Raiders in conference play uh, on the women's side, how about this? They uh, take down Kansas at home. A good win for them. They win 73-64. to 64. Uh, And I know I know the Jayhawks are 0-3 in conference play, but again, you look at preseason predictions, and they were picked to finish third in the Big 12, and this was a really, really good bounce back after the loss against Texas for the Lady Raiders. Jasmine Shaver, she was your scoring leader with 25. You had two other Lady Raiders with double figures, Uh, Bailey Moppin and Ashley Chevalier. Um, But uh, a really good performance for the Lady Raiders, and you advanced to 2-1 and in Big 12 play.
2: Yeah, and in hindsight, that game felt a little bit like the men's game. Now the expectation and the setting and all that may may be a little different because we were all hopeful that they would win this game over Kansas as opposed to the Texas deal. We were hopeful of that. Don't get me wrong, but that was just a a different kind of a – emotional load involved there but oh yeah you know th- they were in control of that game in the second half can just cut it down to i don't know three or four several points along the way in the second half but you know the ladies just controlled that made free throws and hit shots and made plays and and uh you know in the end a relatively comfortable nine point game uh, that they took care of down the stretch and uh you know they it appears they've beaten a team that's not very good on the road in Houston disappointing loss at home to what appears to be a pretty good texas team and now beating one of those teams that's i, I assume is is sort of in the middle where where they are where the lady raiders are mm-hmm. and so you know like in some ways they've held serve i know losing at home that texas is not what they had in mind and certainly not by 27 or whatever that was but uh you know just uh they're they're not in a bad position. If we'd have said, hey, two and one after three games, we probably all would have taken that.
0: Well, I think, you know, you look at, okay, what are the next steps for the Lady Raider program? As you're still, and Krista Gerlich is still trying to build this thing up, and it's been a slow process because it was going to be a slow process. It's just not as easy. Um, And uh, you get to kind of the, what are are we improving on? And taking care of, and winning some of the 50-50 type games like this one, um, is can you win more of those than lose? And I think that for me, that's kind of up next as a, a total season type of view. Not not just like a in-game, what can we do better? Um, you know, can we, you know, score and transition better, or things like that. But from a, a total season view, is are you winning more of those 50-50 games than losing? Because up to now, I mean, you you haven't been. And and so you got a little better at that last year and can you take another step in that direction? Um and you took care of a Houston team you should have beat. Um, and then I think you got a good fifty fifty win over Kansas. So hopefully yep. more of those yep. to come.
2: Yep, I agree. And uh and, and you think about it and just you know, no matter what happens with them, it it's a little bit painful knowing they've got a couple of injured players that were gonna be you know if not starters key rotation pieces so maybe that's a good thing as we look forward to next year but it's a tough way to think about this team maybe being a a player too short or maybe not as deep as they they would have otherwise been
0: uh and then moving on from there the dallas cowboys boy all the questions are they what you know would they find a way to piddle away a game that they should win with as much riding on it as possible? Um, The answer was no, they did not. In fact, they destroyed Washington, winning 38-10, four touchdowns from Dak Prescott. Um, It was, you know, close early, but then once Dallas started to pull away there in the first half, I mean, they didn't look back. And on the other end, for Philadelphia, ouch. Uh, literally yeah. you got some, now some injury questions over there too, you had your quarterbacks, uh, throwing middle finger facing the wrong direction. Um, but for the Cowboys, so, so it wouldn't have mattered, but for the Cowboys, you took care of business. Now you are the two seed you've drawn the Packers. Um, we will have that game of course on double T 97 three. Um, but a, a bad Washington team that's now looking for a new coach mind you as Ron Rivera is let go. Uh, as well. That was the expectation and that is the case. The, how about the Texans? They win 23-19 to over Indianapolis and now they'll host the Browns um, and, and they were in one of those weird situations where you're trying to not only take care of business on your end but look around a little bit what's happening in the rest of the league maybe your division as well uh, and they beat the Colts who were a surpri- I would say a surprisingly good team this year as well yep. but in year one coach year one quarterback um a lot of youth on that texans team my goodness what a what a first year for them
2: yeah i would be i can't imagine uh stroud not being a you know a rookie of the year type guy you know whether i don't remember if they do that afc nfc or if they go offensive defensive i can't remember um but yeah he, he's got to be right there in the in the in the conversation for that and uh really contrast that with, um, Bryce, uh, in, in Carolina one oh, pick last year at Alabama. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to, you never know exactly what those things are in terms of, is the supporting cast so bad that it's, you know, not helping him or whatever, but where Stroud was, uh, you know, picked right after him. And it seemed to be a clear one and a clear two. And this is something Dickens and I've talked about and everybody else, they, uh, you know the 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 cost of the industry for missing those. You know, and the number of times that it happens. I mean, over over the years, this you know maybe a total of a billion dollars of mistakes that have been made uh, relative to expectation. You know, guys that have been drafted one one and have just busted. And I don't. It's it's way too early to say that about about him and Carolina, but. It's amazing. And then and then we, we we go to uh you know we go to San Francisco and the guy who was taken last in the draft appears to be a real guy, much in the same way that we would say uh, you know, like like Brady, and I'm not saying he's ascended to that level, but Brady was a six round pick. Everybody could have had him five times and didn't. Same same way with Purdy. And uh, you know, you just th- that position's got a little magic to it. Um, that's that's hard to forecast obviously and it's it is a costly costly position and those when you miss on a tight end it's not like missing on the quarterback the first no round doubt. quarterback it is tech talk on double
0: t97.3 double t97.3.com that was the juice we will be right back with more tech talk next here on double t97.3
1: a podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and
0: Double T 97.3.com. Hopefully your Monday has not been too Monday-ish. Uh, Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman, and Gus, as I, you know, listen to that rejoiner on the way back I was reminded hey well one tonight is the college football playoff national championship um which just has felt like there has been no I don't know m- maybe I'm wrong on this but it's felt like there hasn't been very much buzz around it like ever since you got past the actual playoff I just have not seen a ton on it you know unless you are you know one that's that's following a ton of college football insiders and things like that yeah there's still some media up there i'm not saying it hasn't been covered at all but it feels like maybe it's been covered up a little bit more than normal um, but hey there's a national championship game being played tonight
2: yeah and i it's it's hard to say that i mean M- michigan's one of the biggest brands in the business yeah. uh and and so we can't go out oh, you know it's these two little upstart schools or you know like last year in hoops uh when we had what um Florida Atlantic. Yeah, like San Diego Diego State. State. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, which is which is great. I mean it added a Cinderella quality to it that was that was wonderful. And those teams did a great job of getting there, but it wasn't you know, it it wasn't too prime time. I mean, we know about the value or at least at least we can speak about the value of Washington and Oregon. Uh, given the fact that, you know, a, a year ago or less than a year ago, way less than a year ago, they, uh, you know, they, they were selected for, uh, the big 10, which mm-hmm. is the biggest brand in the sport, um, or the most valuable media rights, I guess, in the sport. And that may yo-yo back and forth between them and sec, but if you, you know, so, the, they you know the the, the brand uh, recognition of these two programs is pretty dang high. It's probably relatively quiet out here in our part of the world um, because we really you know it hadn't been hadn't been um, front and center in any of our conversations. I think for a lot of us, the uh, what we don't have here is a lot of hate because um, I know a lot of folks are tired of Alabama and Georgia and that sort of thing. That's one side of it. The other side of it, maybe a little bit with Harbaugh, depending on it, but none of us have the old, you know, the old Aaron Dickens, Steve in the cubby hole next to us. That's just driving us bonkers with Washington talk, you know, in this part Mm -hmm. of the world, I shouldn't say none of us, but very few. And so it hadn't made our blood boil Washington for those who were like anybody, but Texas, (laughs) you know, that crowd. Uh, Washington took care of that. If that was uh, if that was us, and for many Red Raiders, it was. And so this game ends up being a relatively peaceful, safe choice in that folks aren't going to have to watch Alabama and Nick Saban play for yet another national championship, nor Georgia, nor are they going to have to uh, contend with the Longhorns. And so it's just uh, it's just a uh, you know a nice little championship game, a non-SEC championship game.
0: Uh, we got this on the East Foruming Center chat line from Tyler. Uh, national championship game could be played. <laughs> Houston is currently in a tornado watch. Game will still likely go down, but lots of power outages here.
2: Wow! Oh, woof. I, I did I did see that that was going on in the with the weather, and uh, of course that's a dome stadium. Um, I'm right about that, right? Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, yeah um, of course, the Red Raiders played in this stadium. What? A year ago, 13 yeah. months ago. Yeah. So, uh, we, we know about that place, and they've played in there other other times than just uh, uh, that game, that bowl game last year. But, yeah, this is uh, – yeah, ho- hopefully everybody down there is okay. But, yeah, I saw um, – oh, what's my guy's name? Dadgummit. I'm I'm going blank. My weather chaser guy that I read, Timmer uh reed timmer you know i follow him on twitter and happened to glance earlier and he was talking about this like lake charles houston all of that you know there's a chance you know tornado watch all through that region so it is kind of an odd uh, weather situation for a uh, national championship football game
0: did you ever be a storm chaser or be like
2: just just like a
0: storm chasing ride along
2: I, i well i i would uh you know, supposedly there's some that do that give tours like that. Uh-huh. You know, like you can do a storm chaser tour and I, I don't I don't know. It, I, I've is, never looked into it. But I, I was, was going to say that. what what is mean, the, what does the
0: tour look like because it seems like if you were going to do a storm chasing tour, it's not really up to be like, "Hey, I I booked this 3 months in advance because they're, they they right. know the spots that are going to happen." Like it has to be like, "Uh, hey, there's all this action over here in southwest Oklahoma. Are you coming?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, sure. I guess I paid for it."
2: Well, that's what I would think. I mean, I, I don't know how those things work because I'm pro- like, it's probably a whole lot less date specific than it is. Hey, if, uh, you know, you can, you can hop in the van and do a little ride along for, you know, some, some, a few dollars or whatever. It, and then the next time we're in your, you know, we're in the panhandle, we'll give you a call, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you can meet us at the, you know, at, at Chris Beard's McDonald's there and, uh, <laughs> in. uh, in uh, Plain view and you know
0: how do you think think an office would handle like you hey i i I know i just took vacation last week um but i'm gonna go ahead and have to drop everything because i've had this storm watching tour book so i'm just gonna head out you cool okay you're cool all right (laughs) see ya
2: you guys have a good day yeah i uh i would assume that's more of a uh um I, I mean, for me, I was thinking, you know, when I retire, that might be something I'd devote a little time to. I mean, I, just to go see one, but I'm not, I'm not interested in, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in ducking tornadoes or anything. But I would, I would uh, be interested in seeing some of that from a distance. Um, yeah, I would.
0: Probably would not shock you to know, from where I'm from, that there was a lot of, uh, let's call it, amateur storm chasing uh, that yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, uh, when I was playing at Tech for Coach Ashby, and I need to sanitize this word um, <laughs> that he used, but this is probably springtime, maybe. Fall, what does it so rhyme with? Springtime. Use the sounds like. I'm um, kicking, <laughs> kicking. All right. And so uh, we were out there practicing, and this is way, this is 1986. And so this is way before, uh, you know, there's lightning 10 miles away, everybody go inside. You waited until it like, you know like hit across the street and then we all ran inside and this one hit i think the architecture building like which is the big tall building kind of over there toward 19th and flint um and it was you know it was like when lightning hits right down the street boom and and you know and dude start everybody just like holy crap and we all just took off running to the locker room and you know, we get in there laughing and they get the, they get an old TV on in there and it was like a tornado, you know, there's a tornado warning, whatever. Of course, it wasn't as scientific as it is now, at least in terms of their ability to see rotation and radar and all. But and I remember Coach Ash coming in there and he's like, now listen, you, you California guys don't be kicking around with tornadoes. <laughs>
1: Because he was
2: like, you know, the because we had some California, you know, five, I don't know, five or so that were thinking, hey, let's go chase that thing. Like, hey, you're not in uh, San Diego anymore, yeah. fellas. See if and we can so catch always, it. Everyone put on your gloves. Yeah. yeah. I always remember him going, you guys uh, don't be out uh, kicking around with those uh, tornadoes. You guys, you know, use your head. <laughs> and. And I remember thinking, wow, like would people actually get in their car and go chase a tornado, I guess the answer. Yes. Clint. Yes. Yeah. The 40 is yes. years later, 35 years later, the answer is still yes. The answer is later.
0: absolutely still yes. Uh, whether you were, I'll never forget um, riding around once. So is, this is, here's a little joke, a little perfect storm for you, where it was an intern at our church who was from Oklahoma and then was in our area that gets a lot of, uh tornado type weather and he had the gear or so he said he was like oh i do this all the time so there's like two of us in the youth group riding around with him going to a town 40 minutes there from mullenville uh and we're 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 chasing these swirls down in the sky um and we're in the middle of uh we're in the middle of jetmore kansas going like we lost what we were chasing where is it at this four-way stop in the middle of town of course why would there be any stoplights? And all of a sudden, all of the town sirens, you know, just going, woo, just go off, right? Just going loud, loud, loud. And we look up under the truck and the swirl's like right up, above the town, oh right gosh. above us. And I remember just looking. I was like a sophomore in high school, turning and looking at him. was like, I thought you knew what you were blanking doing. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
1: perfect, man. <sighs> the podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk. Moving
0: on to hour number two. You've got us on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. You can also take us anywhere with the mobile app that is brought to you by Happy State Bank. Thank you for making us a part of your Monday afternoon we're live from the first United Bank studio. You can call us on the Visual Edge IT hotline. That number is 806-771-0973. Don't forget, we're also streaming live on Fox 34 News now and on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions, all of that. Welcome there. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman. Uh, we got this question Gus on the Yates flooring center chat line is, uh, has our Tech men's basketball cloud over the team passed on because we have good potential, great coach. So obviously you had a lot of off the court. Well, I say a lot. There was in in off the court storyline um, that had officially hit, if you will, the night before we were about, what, 30 minutes out from finishing yeah. up Friday um, when ESPN uh, released the Pop Isaac story. And I don't think that this came to a shock to very many people that are Red Raider fans. Um, Cause this story had been going around from their trip to the Bahamas for quite a few weeks. Of course you add into the question starting of, Hey, where's Drew Steffi? Where's Drew Steffi? Why is he not in the line? Or, you know, not that he was playing a lot, but noticeably gone and it stepped away from the program. Um And, With this cloud, we'll just call it that then for the sake of the comment, I think in a perfect world with as many strange things involved with this story, you know, you go, one, it's, it's civil, not criminal. And then you're doing the, was, were, were some of the things that happened there or the the things that happened there legal or illegal, depending on where they were. And they were legal. And how was this handled by Texas tech? Well, they come out with a statement. They did everything right. They sent it to title nine uh, immediately. Um, and with everything that's involved with it, I think in a perfect world, however, it's resolved. Yeah. You hope that this goes as quick as possible, um, because the ending result, um, as far as we know right now, is, you know, I I don't think Pop Isaacs did anything, you know, clearly enough to get kicked off the team, but it wasn't great publicity, wasn't a great decision, not a lot of great decision-making from any of the party involved there in the Bahamas, and then so many questions from the entire party of, how do you put yourselves in these situations, and why are we not making better decisions um, that has turned into just a blank storm heading into what was a really and is a really good win there in Texas. But as far as has the cloud passed on, you're not all the way away from this story, and I don't think you will be um, for a while. Um, but in a perfect world, this would, however it gets wrapped up would get wrapped up quickly and correctly, by the way.
2: Yeah, I think the, cor- correctly is the the key part, and the, the thing I'd say about it is, you know, typically these, uh, um, Title IX sort of university complaints. First of all, they, you, most universities don't mess around with this. Sure, uh, um, you know, there's no, you're not, you know, th- these things can get elevated to Department of Education, and that, you know, it can get, it can get broad and kind of toothy when uh you know and meaty if if they're just ignored uh because then it becomes a a bigger bigger question that uh, hey we're handling this internally um but typically you know just a title nine related complaints like this uh offices don't mess around um, and so the fact that this was handed to um our university office in mid mid mid-december i mean this isn't something that came to light weeks later i mean i think it, it it was it was you know part of the conversation not long after they got back um from uh the bahamas and so you know and that was a thanksgiving trip and i think the date we heard in that release was december 14th so we're talking about a couple weeks right right um and, um uh, and and i'm sure that at face value and just with their primla- preliminary preliminary investigations they you know um they felt like you know in in whatever way whether that's a uh, pop deserves due process which he most certainly does anybody does um but um you know that that there was no need apparently for an immediate suspension and that that that's now that doesn't mean he, nothing bad happened or whatever. And let's hope that, uh, all of this, um, you know, that there's nobody harmed in it because there's a young lady involved and, you know, all of the things, um, and, and, uh, maybe there, maybe Clint to your point, maybe the, you know, the, if there is, if there was some, um, you know, untoward behavior that that sort of thing is something that people learn from, you know, on, on all sides, um, and we'll see where this goes. I, I think, and I, ha, I had a uh, I, I'm Facebook friends with, and not that any of us went out and asked him, but but somewhere in there, uh, Facebook friends with a guy who is a who does some Title IX law, um, you know, represents some, you know, this type thing, and he said this usually takes a couple months, mm-hmm. and so, um, uh, you know, the, the, in other words, this isn't something that's going to be done next Tuesday. I don't think. Um, but you know, may, maybe more like maybe more in a cadence with the end of the basketball season. You know, if you think about two or three months. So we'll see. I, uh, um, you know, I, I I'll, let's let's step out of that legal, <laughs> the, the the legal department here, and uh, about which we know very little. Right. And, and what are you really talking speak- about? This is uh, exactly. the law a, firm ca- of counselor? Scott
0: and Gustafson
2: exactly exactly let's uh ben 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 rose's
0: eyebrows you don't want to be involved with the law firm of scott and and that is a sinking ship man that's why i did you a favor by (laughs) not saying scott ben answers the
2: phones at the law yeah ben (laughs) ben Ben, Ben is the yeah he's the student who answers the phones at the uh law at our law office but uh yeah i think uh just it took some toughness to go play well Yeah. uh, because we all heard it I mean, you know, we, you, and you knew that was coming. Pop, um, you know the the um, you know the, the, the booing and all that stuff. You knew he was going to get razzed down there. And and uh, how how you know how tough are you? How how mentally tough are you to to stay focused on your game and and block things out? And boy, he uh, you know so, some guys you get after him in that sort of way. And and I shouldn't say guys, but athletes you know, the louder it gets, the tougher and the tighter they get and the tighter they play. Uh, and, and you know, that, that seemed fairly hostile down there, especially early in that game. And, boy, Pop did everything you'd want to do to silence a crowd.
0: Yeah, and I think out, out of everything that you saw in that win, it's something that I thought you needed to do, and that's the ability, Gus, as a team, not just to have really good – um, individual performances. I mean, I mean, if you're being honest, you saw really good individual performances at time last year and a very crappy season. Um, you saw the capability to make shots around the roster that passed the ball really well, did everything you needed to offensively. Um to give yourself a chance, and then defensively on the other end, I mean, like having Warren Washington play his best game as a Red Raider certainly helps Um, a little bit of, how about some back-to-the-basket offense? Just a little bit, but the ability as a team to make big shots was there, Um, and I thought it was an excellent job coaching because you're right. I mean, with everything that went with it, the biggest word was uh, distraction, at least for the entire team, not when you individualize it to each player. But, yeah, it was a really good win. We'll talk a little bit more on the other side. It is Tech Talk on Double T
1: 97.3. It's every Red Raiders' favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction.
0: It is Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and DoubleT 97.3.com. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman, behind the glass. Guess uh, those thoughts. Uh, on tech's win over Texas.
2: Yeah, no sweat. No, I was talking about our net ranking now, I think thirty-six, uh, in the Ken Palm ranking in the high twenties, twenty 27 28 And so, you know, that's it's it's a good place to be in when you talk about a team wanting to be in the NCAA tournament. You know, there there's more there's more bumps on this road ahead, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully there's good bumps uh, as well as as bad bumps but yeah now now got a now got a quad one win and uh the two teams we're about to play are not quad one teams at this point um uh, but and both below us in the rankings but that's you know sort of i don't think that's a surprise to anyone even if you, even if you hadn't really looked at the rankings just sort of based on what we think we know about this oklahoma state team and then k-state after that k-state did kick the crap out of what we think is, you know, I thought about you and I, our conversation last week about, uh, which, which coach might be the first one to be let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and UCF I think was our, was our, uh, um, our yeah, you, choice. you, you um, went
0: UCF. I went Oklahoma state. That's right. Uh, but, that's s- right. but yeah, I mean, I'm, it's not just going to be shock of all shocks. If, if, if you, if you win that little, uh, prediction, fight if you want to call it that's what we'll call it, a prediction fight uh and
1: yeah well,
0: and it's like welcome to the big 12 UCF and it's welcome to the big 12 against a Kansas State team that's been a little shaky to start the year
2: right and they went to the, they went to UCF went to the octagon and got thrashed <laughs> and uh yeah and the, the league was interesting this week and I you know we that was the other thing you and I had talked about and and, uh, you know, I remember telling you just how excited I, I was in general for our game, certainly, but uh, for just the Big 12, you know, to see this start to play out with, the, you know, a lot of the the, the games, you know, that we've talked about and matchups and teams we've sort of wondered about. And, uh, you know, there were, there were a couple surprises in there. I mean, um, and, and maybe one of the pleasant surprises was what OSU did. Now they were at home. Uh, but but hanging and taking Baylor to overtime that's 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 pretty good stuff from where we thought OSU was going into that game but it does feel like it's sort of low energy around that program right now and maybe just on a low ebb for Oak State and um you know it's it's definitely a time to want to go get them and beat them and take care of them most certainly love to beat them twice this year but um you know you certainly take care of this game tomorrow night um, you know they, they've got an interesting looking player a six foot 11 freshman that that was you know playing his tail off and appears to be getting a lot better quickly now I don't know if that means he's going to be some sort of one and done emerging NFL uh, NFL <laughs> NBA prospect or not I, I don't know where he is but it yeah. looks like a really nice player for them nice nice little piece to have there's a freshman but um and an Oklahoma kid so I'm sure it Sure, it means a lot to them, but they, uh, you know, the Red Raiders need to take care of them twice. But I, you know, you think about this weekend. I mean, Cincinnati. I mean, who was who I think number two in the country and that ranking at one point in the last couple of weeks is BYU and mm-hmm. and Cincinnati makes what I would assume is one of the longer road trips, not the longest, but one of the longer road trips in the Big Twelve and and thumps them in Provo. And so, you know, what are they? what what is that BYU team are they right
0: and, you and know? they're they along with Oklahoma um with as quickly as they shot up the rankings and the fact that they were ranked at all hitting in Big 12 play i don't think anyone was taking that bet right why why would you um and BYU's offense has just been so good i, I mean averaging right at 90 points a game and they've they've got some solid wins in there um, I mean, we talked about the quad one wins. They had a quad one win uh, coming in. There wasn't just a ton of big 12 teams that could say that um, and then had been perfect, you know, uh, clearly from quad two all the way down. Um, they did have a, a, a loss, but Cincinnati was one that's a team for me that I felt like would be, and I still think they will be, will be a bubble team, but will be on the outside looking in. And they go to BYU uh and hold them to well under their average and walking away going, okay, well, now I'm more confused about what right. those two teams are.
2: And you don't you don't want to go too crazy with uh, you know, the the results of a single game. Right. But, you know, you also don't want to be giving up home games and uh
0: um, yeah, you, you can know, say and you
2: shouldn't, you should, if yeah. you, if you were a doubter of BYU and you're going, okay, well, can you do this in big
0: 12 play, go from one game and say, like, see, I told you they're terrible. They suck. Like anything <laughs> oh God, like that no. shouldn't be doing that just yet, but it does immediately raise an eyebrow when the first time you see them in a big 12 game, which was against a new face. Let right. me add to that. Not even a big 12 mainstay. They haven't even gotten to one of those games yet. They lose and they look drastically different while doing it. They just don't look like the same team.
2: Well, and right now that BYU team—I don't mean this minute, but on this day—that BYU team is uh, in an airplane headed to Waco. So there's your reward for uh, <laughs> coughing up, coughing up one of the what you might feel like is one of the other middle of the pack you know, the, the other hotly contested games that we, you and I've talked about, like to get to 500 in league play, you can't be losing home games to, you know, some of these other middle of the pack teams, whoever those are. And, uh, and certainly none down at the bottom. You like to sweep the teams at the bottom. And uh, I don't know that, you know, if you're BYU that, you know, that feels like it's a big opportunity missed and uh, you know, maybe they go down to Waco and, beat baylor tomorrow seems unlikely but uh you know and, and maybe they can look up and go okay we're one and one after two games which is exactly where we thought we'd be but it just went the wrong direction but uh it would certainly represent a uh high-end win if they can do that in baylor tomorrow but if not then you know are there going to be question marks swirling and i don't mean like swirling around the big picture existence of that program but just about this particular team and uh you know, maybe, maybe some of that early stuff, early success with some paper tiger kind of stuff. Do you look at the slate
0: tomorrow? Because no, no one in the Big 12 plays tonight, um, but you've got uh, tomorrow night. Of course, you're a part of that when you take on Oklahoma State uh, here at home. You've got four other Big 12 games, and one of those is now 2nd rank Houston that jumps up to number two. Just, you know, Leapfrogs Kansas, which, you know, kind of makes sense because Houston has looked – like the better team i don't think they've played as good of a slate but they go to Ames, and and that's a that's a good iowa state team not a great iowa state team but this is we talk about okay houston uh the conference you were in of course you were running through it and and they're they're you know they're under the uh or apply to the same questions that you asked uh, about byu cincinnati and UCF, but more so to Houston because they've been so good and had, you know, so much recent success. Can you do this in Big 12 environments? Uh and, and this is one of those that gets, you know, a, as good as it gets with Ames. When you add in that they're also a good team and the the Hilton Magic thing is real and they're a well-coached team, so you're going to see how they handle that in game number 2 of conference play. Yeah, I think really, that's incredibly absolutely. interesting.
2: Sure. And it, and it really is one of the interesting venues because, you know, Houston and Baylor Houston and Kansas, you know, I don't think there's any question that those teams are, uh, you know, right there at the very tippy top of the league, by the way, we haven't even got to TCU yet. Very impressive performance by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Saturday. We can talk about that in a minute, but, but yeah, when you think about, all right, what's it going to be like when they go to Iowa state? Cause nobody in that league that they played in was like, what they're going to deal with there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And maybe nobody. Yeah. And maybe nobody in, in the, in their league was like, what they'll deal with here in Lubbock. That'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, You know, when, when it happens, because there's, yeah, I mean, that that's, that's going to have some teeth and, You know, going to draw some people, and there's you know enough enough people like me that competed against them, and remember those days and seeing Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and those guys over at the Coliseum. But then fast, you know, go go forward, and a lot of us remember Kelvin Sampson, and so you know that that game's not going to be a low energy crowd, I would think, and so this will be a uh, that'll be a really fun fun game to see if if Houston goes in there and takes them by ten and just ices that crowd then Hmm. we we're going to be impressed by that group
0: which i think could happen i'm not saying it's going to be impossible for houston but it certainly helps that you've got a coach that's been in the big 12 before and then even their best you know again in the in the strange world that we live in now their best player in lj crier i mean he's certainly used to big 12 play but uh uh, we'll get into some of your thoughts and comments off the yates flooring center chat line get a pushback play of the day next it's tech talk on double t97 three
1: It's every Red Raiders' favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here on
0: Double T 97.3 and DoubleT97.3.com. Cliff Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Ben Porman, behind the glass. The Cowboys, they'll take a look back at their dominant win, of course, over Washington. And now the playoff field uh, that lies ahead. Uh, and Gus, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you've set yourself up for the conversation we had on Friday going into it. And that's now, I mean, you have, you know, the, the home field advantage that you need at least until what looks like the San Francisco wall, unless something were to happen on that side of the playoff bracket, you have set yourself up where you need to be in the NFC championship game at least. Um, cause if it's, you know, if it's not this year, then when's it going to be?
2: Yeah, I agree, and and uh, I know there's a lot of conversation just around you know has McCarthy kept his job yet or whatever, and and I uh, you know that seems like it's a bit much. It, it feels like when that conversation comes up, folks are hanging on to a uh, you know reaching all the way back into last year to 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 really grab to the essence of that conversation. With all that said, though, a home loss to the Packers. This weekend would probably, uh, you know, ratchet up that heat again. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, I mean, McCarthy's a Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, co- coach and, you know, has done a pretty dang good job. It, it certainly feels like, and that, that's in light of him taking over play calling. I mean, so s- sometimes when you see, uh, coaches switching around major managerial roles like that, it doesn't work. Um, and he's, he's handled it and, uh, you know, it feels like they've done a really good job of engineering things for Dak and just the success they're having. And, you know, I, I, but all that said, I mean, you never know what level of desperation there is in the front office. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, though. And and I'm not saying that as a guy who loves them, but I just, um, you know, that, that's a dangerous club and a talented roster. And, uh, you know, I'll be surprised if they're not in the NFC championship game. I really won't. Well, I think
0: I think that's been an issue, though, is that they've been talented and they've had the team, and had the roster, but that's been part of the problem and why now you have uh, heat on you regardless of winning the division because, I mean, that's just not yeah. what the goal is um, for the Dallas Cowboys. And you could say, oh, that's not what the role is or, you know, the goal is for any NFL team. Okay, sure, but the Cowboys, you have an uh, impatient owner. Um, you have uh, a, a, a an organization that has had a long history of success, but just not recently. And you've been trying to do everything you can to get to that Super Bowl, and that adds extra heat. Uh, lack of recent success rolls into uh, a very, very important playoff run for Mike McCarthy um, and the Dallas Cowboys. And then you, I think, on the other end too. And maybe it's just reading something that's not there. But Dan Quinn, you have a guy that uh, it seems that he's expressed interest of late of being a head coach again um, and has done a terrific job with your uh, defense. And it hasn't been perfect by any means, but it's been really good. And all that yeah. added in, you know, a lot of voice in the back of the head. We could just have that guy's head coach and see what he can do if he has full control. Um, so, you know, I, I think McCarthy's well aware of the pressure. He's been aware of the pressure since he... Uh, has taken over the helm for Dallas. But, you know, you talk about seeing a, a team that he won a Super Bowl with. You look at the wild card round, and, man, it is it has got storylines galore. One, I mean, we'll start with, with a small one. You have Chiefs and Dolphins, which is a rematch, but you also have Tyreek Hill, who used to be a Chief and had a lot of success as a Chief um you know mentioned Packers Cowboys of course with McCarthy there and then just the Cowboys alone being a great storyline but you go over like to the Browns and Texans you had a little bit of a quarterback somewhat exchange there with Deshaun Watson um where they have that connection that you know after that the the Texans felt like they have been crippled uh and then you know I think they found the right guy uh with Ryan's there at the coach and then clearly have found the guy at quarterback with CJ Stroud. And then like the Rams and the lions um, who made a quarterback change and it worked and they got the Super Bowl out of it with Stafford. Um, But I would think a pretty, pretty hungry Jared Goff in that matchup. I mean, I don't know if he is a grudge holder or anything like that. Clearly don't, you know, I'm not a, I don't have walkie talkies with, jared Goff, like hey jared are you still upset about that like hey uh what are you thinking about this Rams squad are you uh holding any sort of ill will extra amped up for that no conversations like that but if i had to guess probably likes that he's seeing the rams and would love to end their season
2: oh lord yes and especially in a year where they're Um, you know, they've been as good as they are and they, they, they've been competitive across many fronts, you know, like they can get after the quarterback, they can run the ball, uh, golf has been really good. They've got some weapons. They did lose the tight end yesterday. That's been a really good player for them Mm -hmm. though. Um, but yeah, that, that, uh, I mean, you know, it's funny because coming out of, let's see, it would have been their Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. I guess it was Brady's last ride and it was that really low scoring game 13 to three right. and you know and a lot of the narrative around that team of course that you know was was that McVay had really coached up golf and was managing golf at every level and uh were it not for the genius of McVay the Rams wouldn't be what they are and then we come out of that and I think it was that next offseason if not it might have been one year later but that There was just some idea that, hey, this this thing's not going to happen with golf, and they go get Stafford and flip it. And what did the, the Lions do? They got a bunch of draft picks out of that, and boy, have they drafted well over the last couple of years. And that's the, 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 the corpus of this team is a bunch of guys that are the product of Lions drafts. And, yes, they've drafted high, but I'm talking about getting production out of their third and fourth-round picks, not just – you know they're the guy that they drafted third overall or whatever um and this is a young roster this this Lions team and so they're they're they don't feel like the kind of operation that's going to be going away next year you know, like they're if the if you if you you know sort of believe in the idea that that windows open and close at least with regard to salary cap and things like that this Lions operation they're they're not on the the backside of that window closing. Now, how well do their young guys handle success and all we'll see over the next two to three years, but it's a talented roster and a very young roster. Thanks to, in, in many respects, that, that quarterback trade you're talking about,
0: you know, Dan Campbell too, is a interesting side part of this. Cause when you go back to his first and we you know, joke about, Hey, did you win the press conference? Uh, he was kind of a joke in his, just a little bit. Um, and you go into the speech where he's like, and we're going to bite knees on the way up. And everyone, this is, this is the guy that's going to be, you know, turn around the joke of a franchise. That's been the Detroit lions. And even for an Aggie, I think has won over a lot of people. And now it's one of those type of, uh, he's one of those type of guys where he's doing all this sort of stuff and he's not winning. He is viewed like a walking cartoon, but it is working and it's turned into a fun story. You know, unless you're a rival fan of the Lions.
1: This has been the Tech Talk podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at Double T 97.3.com.